A new hotel is being proposed in Nulu. Up next, we'll talk about the details and go over who's behind it. Also, I'll ask the question, why do I keep reading so much about former strip clubs and business first? The Access Louisville podcast is next. How's it going? Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week we bring you the latest news and the sharpest opinions on the city we love, Louisville, Kentucky. But before we do that, I'm going to start this show the way I always do. That's an exaggeration. The way I usually do uh, with a difficult question for our panel. So Marty had a story this week on LouisvilleBusinessFirst.com about a new movie called Don't Tell a Soul. It was uh, backed by some prominent Louisvillians as producers, and it was also filmed here in Louisville. The movie stars Rain Wilson, best known as The Office's Dwight Schrute, Fian Whitehead, who you might remember from Dunkirk, Jack Dylan Grazer, who was in Shazam. I think he was in the It movie, too. He was one of the kids in the It movie. And Mina Savari, who was in American Beauty. I haven't seen it, but it looks promising. Uh, the trailer looked good. Anyway, uh, Shay Van Hoy, our editor and, uh, you know, regular on this show, uh, said he went to the theater and saw it and uh, said it was okay, but he didn't really care for the ending. So anyway, my question for you guys is, what was the last movie that you saw in theaters? Obviously, the pandemic has kept a lot of people out of theaters. Uh, so tell me what the movie was and whether you liked it or not. And Marty, I'll start with you on this one. Yeah, so the last movie I saw was a few months ago. So I had been to the theater during the pandemic. Uh, I went and saw Tenet, yeah. the, no the Christopher Nolan film. I think the second week it came out, I went to the new Escape Theaters in Jeffersonville. Mm -hmm. I was really, I felt really safe. I felt much safer in the theater than I did in my grocery store where there's tons of people. Right, I right, think right. I think there was space four out people. in the theater. Yeah, I think there was four people in there. Huge theater. I had the entire row to myself. Now I sat right in the middle of the, of the row and I wore my mask and I had a really good time. It's a, I think that movie's about two and a half hours, so I was there for quite a while, but I did enjoy the movie. Uh, if you've not seen Ted, I won't, I won't give much away, but it, it's a very complicated, complex film. So you really have to pay attention to it. You have to really get into it. And I kind of enjoyed that because it allowed me to kill sort of block out the world for two and a half hours, not think about the pandemic or yeah. you know, all the stuff that's going on in the world and just really get it wrapped up in the movie. Um, it's a Chris Nolan movie, and I love Chris Nolan movies generally. I, I fell asleep during Tenet, but that's not a commentary <laughs> on the movie. That's a commentary on me needing some sleep that day because it was like nine o'clock. I, <laughs> I also watched it. Uh, my husband and I rented it, and it – I felt like they were trying to do like what Inception did and yeah, the they didn't too. do it well enough. <laughs> like I felt like it was too confusing and I was like, Scott, I don't know if I want to, Scott's my husband. I was like, I don't know if I want to rewatch it to try to figure it out. But <laughs> yeah. it was just a little too over my head, I guess. Yeah. And I loved yeah. Inception. I, I mean, I thought that was a great movie. Same. Yeah. I like, I like Inception better, but I did like Tenet. I didn't have any trouble following the, the plot, but, like I said, I, I, would, I had no distractions. I was sitting in a theater and nothing else was going yeah. on. So well, it might be a little bit different if you're at home. 
I think I dozed off for like 10 minutes and it was a very crucial 10 minutes. And then I tried yeah, you to can't go off for 10 or you're going to be lost. Yeah. And then I was like, I, I can't follow this. I'm going to bed. So my wife kept watching it. Watch that movie during the day when you're fresh. Well, I shouldn't so, fall asleep at nine o'clock at night. I'm hey, I've done Saturday, it too. I've fallen asleep on more than one movie. I had to like restart it. Yeah, I can't so, go to movies late. I mean, uh, even in the theater, like exciting movies that I've liked, I will fall asleep during. So um, it's just a thing with me where I just don't, like I wake up early. I do all our morning stuff. So I just have this schedule where I'm up at like, 5 30 and asleep at like nine o'clock so uh maybe the 70 year old man uh, exactly <laughs> i ate dinner at five it's uh it's real sad but uh anyway Haley, um what was the last movie you saw in the theater uh so i don't know <laughs> but i i called my husband before this podcast and i'm like when's the last time we went to the movie theater do you remember what we saw and both of us guesstimated that our last movie was Star Wars uh, Rise of Skywalker because it came out in December 2019. Um, and we don't go to the movies very often unless it's something that we really wanted to see. Um, and we're big Star Wars fans, so we went to see that. Um, I know David's going to contradict me here, but I didn't hate the movie. I thought it was okay. Um, thought the ending was kind of lame. Um, but overall, like, I thought it was a fine movie to pay to go and see, but I know David has the exact opposite opinion of me, if not stronger feelings. <laughs> yeah. I, and then like we had a little pre-discussion and I was like, I shouldn't have strong feelings on any Star Wars movie. Like you're living life wrong if you care that much about what happens in Star Wars. But, uh, but yeah, I didn't like it. Uh, that was also the last movie I saw in theaters. Um, and uh, I didn't like it. I, I hated that. Uh, a character was brought back. I guess I won't spoil it if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, <laughs> a character was brought back that I, you know, didn't see coming back, and I uh, felt like that was just a play for cheap nostalgia. I, uh, I just want to say I also saw Rise of Skywalker. I watched it at home, and I didn't really have any feelings on it at all after it was over. I was like, well, that was a movie. <laughs> I, I think I think when that came out, um, I was like, I came to work and I was like, Marty, have you seen this yet? um and you asked uh, me that every day for like a month for like a month and then i was like well tell me when you see it so i can talk about it <laughs> see i thought you i thought you really liked it and you were just wanting to gush and then you're like when i finally watched it's like oh i hated that movie i was like oh i didn't <laughs> i didn't see so that funny. coming i'm glad that you thought that because at least it wasn't predictable but um <laughs> um anyway we'll go on we'll talk uh about another a more local topic here we'll talk about uh this new hotel that got proposed in uh in Nulu. Marty, I was gonna we were gonna talk about Henryville Road because there's been some development out on Henryville Road. And then I saw this story um late yesterday, uh Wednesday afternoon, and I thought um this was a bigger story. So tell us what's going on there. What uh what are we seeing uh, with this new hotel? Yeah, so I just said the stage, you know, we've not seen any significant hotel development since before the pandemic. Really, I mean maybe one or two small announcements, but nothing Nothing major. Obviously, it's a very uh, difficult time for a lot of industries. Hospitality being a big one. Um, mm -hmm. You know, hotels was one of the few industries that had really no restrictions, but they still, you know, lost all their occupancy. They had to quote, they kind of voluntarily closed down. Some of them did. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just been a very um, challenging year and it looks like 2021 is going to remain a challenge, maybe even on into 2022. So I've been seeing a lot of hotel proposals until this week. Um, 
uh, Kaveh Zemanian, who's the founder of Rabbit Hole Distillery, he had purchased some property, including the green building, and some of the, he owned some adjacent property at 730 East Market uh, Street in Nulu. And we'd been asking him for a while, like, hey, what are you going to do with that, you know, mm-hmm. with that land? And he was always kind of coy about it. Well, came out this week with some city filings that uh, he's working with that two, actually two, uh, developers that are looking to a joint venture. There's a company out of West Virginia called Mountain Shore Properties. Um, they're looking to partner with a group out of Austin, Texas. Both of them are, both of them do hotel development uh, called Bunkhouse Group. Um, and Bunkhouse has done several like kind of specialty hotels in Austin and some other cities in Texas. They got a really uh, interesting concept called El Cosmico. It's in Texas. It's going. It has a pretty, just a pretty wild vibe. So yeah, that sounds wild. I mean, just the name. So they're partnering. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they've got some others, like one called Hotel San Jose. They've got oh. they've got several in the in the um, in the pipeline or have been finished. But you know, they're oh, Cosmico six- sounds like a My Morning Jacket album. I think. Yeah, I said it sounded like a white zombie song yesterday. A white zombie like, song, yeah, that's from the early nineties <laughs> or something. But um, um, but yeah, so they. Um, you know, they're looking to joint venture on this, uh, this project right now. I guess the working title is called bunkhouse new hotel mm-hmm. be there. Like I said, at seven thirty East market and they are looking to do 122 rooms, um, six stories. So it's kind of in line with some of the other hotels we've seen. And right. Nulu. there's not, a, there's not many there, but you know, one there at home two suites, it's about a hundred rooms over on, um, Hancock street in that area. And then there's one on East market. We call AC Nulu. That's actually not its name, but that's the sort of become its name among locals. Is What's AC its Nulu. actual name? I thought it was AC. It's like Nulu. AC um, Louisville. De- it's got it's got a big long name, but it's, oh, okay. I think yeah, they always like put a bunch of keywords in the name. But it's got like it's got like uh, Louisville downtown in the name, so I can't remember the full name. But um, but everybody's calls it AC Nulu. So mm-hmm. um, but it's about 156 rooms, so it'd kind of be in line. It'd be a little bit bigger than Home Two Suites, but a little bit smaller than AC Nulu in terms of rooms. One thing that they're also doing that I found really interesting is they're wanting to do this pedestrian pathway that would have an art element. They're calling it an art garden. They would actually connect the hotel lobby to Rabbit Hole Distillery. So Kave, of course, he'd own the land, uh, and he's partnering with them to do this outdoor garden uh, concept. So we don't know a lot about that yet, but, you know, that's one way they're hoping to sort of, like, activate the street there between Rabbit Hole and and the new hotel. So. Right. Um, a lot of things are still in the works. A lot of it's very preliminary, but you know, they're hoping if everything works out, you know, to be open before Derby because every hotel wants to be open before Derby mm-hmm. uh, in 2023. So you're looking a little bit about two years out, which is about par for the course for a hotel. Surely the COVID-19 pandemic will be over by then, but I've we said that so. before. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, um, it, it's so weird to talk about three different hotels in Nulu. Um, and well, this one would be three, uh, when I can remember a time when there was, you know, when there was nothing but, um, a lot of industrial businesses and, and, and nothing like hotels or retail or anything like that. Um, so what's been kind of the trend, uh, in Nulu lately? I know Haley, you've written about some closures here and there. I mean, is, is it still growing? And I'll let either one of you guys take that question. Yeah, I'll, I'll, sorry. (laughs) Haley can talk about the restaurants and I can talk about other development there after she's finished. Okay. Um, Well, I'll just mention some of what I know. I I think it's still definitely a growing neighborhood. And I mean, 
uh, every time I go there, it's probably one of the neighborhoods I most frequent in Louisville because um, that's where a lot of startup people are <laughs> and uh, entrepreneurs out there. So I, I definitely see it as, you know, being a, a quick to rebound from COVID, even during the crisis, like there's people waiting in line outside the window at please and thank you. Like it's, yeah. and there's still people going to all the different shops and retail spaces. So I think it'll be just fine. Um, but there has been some closures um, in the restaurant uh, scene. So like Harvest was um, one of the older restaurants there um, that has closed. And we had a retailer move from Nilu um, Scout, who was one of the first businesses to open there. Yeah. Um, even before I think Red Tree opened. Like, like mid 2000s, I think. Yes. Very, like very early on before, before it was known as Nilu when it was still kind of a gritty uh, East Market District. So that that retailer actually moved to St. Matthews and downsized. So um, there has been some changes, but I don't foresee there being like any long-term impact to <laughs> New <Yeah>. Loose Greatness. <laughs> yeah. Marty? Yeah. So, um, you know, kind of piggybacking off that, and I know Haley's going to be touring us soon, so keep an eye out for that. But Gateway to New Loose just, re- just opened. It's a new tech hub with several uh, different businesses in there that's been built by Camposano Capital. Uh, a new little marketplace is open. I think it opened several months ago, and there's several businesses going on there. So we've seen some mixed-use stuff open. Um, Rod was one of the restaurants that closed, and it's that building is sold, and the new owner's trying to get another concept in there. And also the new business association has told me that they're, you know, trying to get more businesses into into this into this neighborhood but also fill some of these spaces that have been recently uh vacated uh Carkey's express also relocated their headquarters so um uh, over i think into the east end so that's another big space that will be will be available there on east market right uh, for yeah. someone to take so yeah but two big openings there that i didn't mention marty mentioned newly marketplace if you guys haven't checked it out you should um but west sixth is open there they've opened their um brewery at Nilu Marketplace, as well as um, Emmy Squared Pizza. That's the new pizza spot um, within that same development. So uh, lots of stuff going on there. And there's been like four or five retailers that I've written about um, as, that are a part of Nilu Marketplace as well. Yeah. See, I haven't checked out Nilu Marketplace. And it's mostly because I'm nervous about COVID. Um, but, uh, you know, I think I think it sounds like a cool development. And there's a lot of, and like having West Six there is pretty cool. Uh, that's a Lexington brewery and their, their first thing here in Louisville. So uh, it's cool that they've got some of those uh, things to open up. Um, Marty, it seems like there's some bullishness on travel this year. I mean, we've seen the tourism bureau put out uh, some, uh, you know, list of events that are going to happen. We saw yesterday louder than life says it's going to go on for now. It's planned uh, in September. Uh, so it seems like, you know, people are optimistic that travel and tourism will be back, uh, you know, later this year. Is that the feeling you're getting? Yeah, I've talked to airport officials, tourism officials. Um, we also heard from the Derby Festival. They're planning on doing a right. spectatorless Thunder and a spectatorless Pegasus Parade. We don't know where. We may never know because they don't want people to, they don't congregate. Want people gathering. Yeah. <laughs> so that might be a secret location that no one knows, but uh, they're planning on doing those. We've also well, we talked can have to a the fun new... show segment, you know, yeah. guessing the location, maybe. But, yeah, uh, I, spot, I spot thunder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, um, 
and then also I talked to the new Churchill Downs uh, racetrack president a week or so ago, a couple weeks ago, and they're still moving ahead to have up to potentially up to 30,000 people spread across uh, Churchill Downs racetrack for Derby. Uh, mm-hmm. They're, they're very, you know, I asked them point blank. I'm like, any, any backup plans on, you know, moving it back again uh, to the fall or, you know, late summer, like you did last year at Labor Day. And they're like, no, we really we want to keep that spot on the calendar, even if it's a smaller crowd. So, you know, everybody's moving ahead. Like I said, the airport's also expecting some uptick in travel in the summer this mm-hmm. year. Uh, obviously, the vaccines are hope, we're hoping they'll be fairly widely distributed by sometime in summer. I know the, I think we saw a headline last week that the U.S. has ordered another 200 million, 200 million doses of the two vaccines that they should get by summer. So that's obviously positive news if they can obtain those and get them, you know, uh, out to everyone. But uh, yeah, there, there is some, you know, I would say it's very cautious optimism, but there is some optimism that, you know, summer fall events will, will be able to go forward. They will not look like they did pre COVID, but they will, right. they will happen in some capacity. Um, like I said, you won't see 165,000 people at Derby this year. You, you won't see a hundred thousand people probably at louder than off, but you may see those events in some capacity with people in the stands. There was too many people at Louder Than Life anyway, so <laughs> yes, I don't, I don't mind if it calms down a little bit. Like maybe this will be a good thing. Well, you know, I <laughs> yeah, I've covered thir- you know I feel like the vibe for thir- Derby this year will be more like Thurby. It's in the forty thousand range, and right. I've covered Thurby, I've covered Oaks and Derby, and as far as the vibe, I probably like Thurby the best because you can move around, right. and talk to yeah, everybody, it's hard to even walk around. It's hard to it's that. hard to move. I mean, it you don't have the pageantry that you have on Derby and Oaks on Derby. It's more casual, but you mm-hmm. know, the crowd is a little bit, it's definitely easier to move around in. So mm-hmm. for sure. All right. So another unrelated to travel or hotels, but uh, another commercial real estate story or, or three that Marty's been working on. Why do I keep reading about strip clubs, Marty? It seems like we've, uh, we've been covering the heck out of former strip clubs. Yeah. So <laughs> this started, I think over a year ago and Trixie sold, and then they went to auction, and then we found out in November of last year that these two former uh, adult entertainment venues on Dixie Highway, really close to one another, uh, Red Door Lounge, both in the 15,000 block of Dixie Highway. So Red Door Lounge and River Girls Lounge. They went to auction in November. Of course, sometimes those don't sell right away. You have to go through due diligence with the uh, with the uh, winning bidder. But, you know, we had those go, sell to separate owners. So mm-hmm. uh, Cement Company bought Red Door Lounge. We wrote about that, I think, yeah, uh, last Cosmo month. Cement. Cosmo Cement out of Dallas. They already have a facility there. We don't know what they're going to do. I mean, it looks like they're probably going to expand, but they haven't talked to us yet. But we just more recently found out that River, the former River Girls Lounge sold to a, uh, an investor out of uh, New Jersey near Philadelphia named Paul Selms. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually told me, I interviewed him yesterday after we wrote the initial story that it sold. And I think our, new, our follow-up is on, the, is on our website now. But... Um, he told, he told me, you know, I wanted to buy this property two years ago and I just couldn't get the deal to work. And I saw it was going to auction. I said, Hey, I'll take another look at it. And we got a yeah. good deal on it. I mean, it, it sold for under a hundred thousand dollars. So about as good as you can get in this market for anything. And uh, so he said, you know, COVID's probably going to, you know, delay his plans, but he hopes to bring some kind of, it won't be a strip club. He said, that's not his, that's not his business. So he's going to hoping to bring some family friendly, yeah. uh, form of entertainment or business in there. And he also said, you know, he wants to do something that because Fort Knox isn't too far away from 
from that location. So no, you like no, to have no, something yeah. that uh, the soldiers at Fort Knox, I mean, you got, I used to cover Fort Knox. I think you got about 50,000 people there. So it's all, it's its own little town just south of Louisville. And you'd like to bring something there that get appeal to them, but also appeal to Louisvillian. So uh, stay tuned on that one. But yeah, there's been a lot of interest in those properties. So, yeah. It seems like we wrote about, uh, we wrote about one and then uh, we got a lot of interest in people just reading it. I guess they just want to know what's happening with these uh, former strip club locations. And uh, yeah, I think it was someone's, they, uh, they, they were, were not, they were no longer strip clubs. They were former. Yeah. They were clubs former, former strip yeah. clubs. It was settling someone's estate, right? Um, yeah. Um, Harry Hayes, I believe he owned them through a company uh, called CTR incorporated. His family like basically runs the company now, but uh, they were trying to just settle some of his estate and, and I think offload some of his, uh, cause CTR, I looked them up. They own a lot of property up here too. And, they were just, I guess, trying to sell off some of the assets that they had. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah, it's been uh, been a, a couple of those sales this this last couple of weeks, and it seems like people are really interested in what what happens to these former strip clubs. I don't think the strip club business is very big in Louisville anymore, so that also has something to do with it. Um, I think a lot of those places uh, have sold because there's just not as much demand for those places anymore. Uh, with some of the laws that, uh, that are on the books here. In yeah, the we, there's been a few that have closed because of those laws. Like yeah. they, they felt like they were too uh, stringent. So they just, they just closed down. So yeah. Yeah. I've heard that before. I think that I remember reading that when Trixie sold that yep. the laws yep. were just too stringent to, for that around here. So anyway, uh, interesting, uh, interesting reading. And, uh, I think, uh, I, it's good to see that somebody has plans for, for some of these former properties and hopefully they'll turn it into something good. I know uh, there's a lot of hopes for uh, revitalization on Dixie Highway. So uh, maybe we'll see something good come out of those. But uh, switching gears here, we will talk about some restaurants uh, news. And like I've said many times on this show, uh, we've got to be the best restaurant podcast in town because it seems like Haley's on every week. Uh, talking about uh, some something that's going on with restaurants, um, and uh, Haley, we got good news and bad news this these last few weeks, actually. Um, so I guess we'll start with the bad news. We had a couple of closures, right? Yeah, we had we've had a couple of closures in the past few weeks. Um, the most recent one I wrote about, um, as far as a permanent closure, is Jeff's Burger Shack, and you guys were just talking about Dixie Highway. Um, this is the old A&W root beer stand um, mm-hmm. on Dixie Highway that still has like the old drive up um, parking, like where they would take your food out to you, kind of like Sonic or oh, whatever okay. that is, yeah. um, if you know what I'm trying to describe there. So uh, Yeah, I understand what you're talking about. Okay. Um, so, so it's a decent sized restaurant, um, but uh, obviously the owner said that, you know, COVID made it really hard for him to, to stay open and he's hoping to open a food truck concept that he could move around and, you know, just do serve burgers on a smaller scale. Mm-hmm. Um, so they closed, um, or they are closing, excuse me, they're closing on March 1st. Um, so you still got most of February until they run out of, of food, <laughs> run out of their inventory there. Um, we, we also lost, uh, Martin's barbecue. Um, that was on Barrett, right? Yeah. It's the former lens paradise, uh, cafe location. Um, and they were only open for a couple of years. Um, but Martin's barbecue, uh, in the East end is, is still open. 
um, and they don't have any intentions of closing that. But Martin's is a Tennessee-based um, barbecue chain, so um, they could have been locally owned and operated, but um, they're based out of Tennessee and just closed one of their two area locations. Um, and then we've also had a couple of um, temporary closures happen since then too. Um, so No Ray Bar, uh, our new karaoke bar in New Lou, um, announced that they're temporarily closing um, on February 1st. So that was Monday, I suppose. Right. Karaoke doesn't work with uh, the pandemic. Yes. Uh, the alcohol beverage control folks told them uh, that they cannot do karaoke, even if it's private room karaoke because of the pandemic. So they're closing um, after, you know, operating for months without karaoke. That's kind of their main, their main draw. And uh, they just don't want to keep operating as a bar alone. So um, they're closing for now. And then uh, just read, or I just <laughs> saw a letter um, from the owner of Annie Mae's Sweet Cafe, who announced a, a temporary closure um, and, and that she was laying off most all of her staff um, because of the impact of the pandemic. So um, she, she doesn't know when when she'll reopen um, in, in a full type of way. <laughs> um, but she said, you know, when the world reopens, so will she. Um, so she was guessing sometime in the fall, if not before. So yeah. I think everyone's just kind of waiting, waiting it out here, um, especially now that the holidays are over and kind of like we have several more weeks of winter where people aren't getting out of their houses as much that, you know, places are just going to shut down temporarily until they can open up patios yeah. and bring people back outside. Winter is historically a terrible time for restaurants anyway. So um so in, I can totally understand why some of them would want to close, uh, you know, to, to get through this. Um, and then um, there's some good news, too. A few places, uh, they say to hell with it being winter. They're opening up. Uh, what <laughs> do we got there? <laughs> yeah, so there's actually been like a string of openings. Um, yeah. a, a couple of the bigger ones. A Hogfather Pizza is replacing uh, the old Butchertown Pizza Hall in Butchertown. Um, and they're opening, uh, next Monday. So that would be February 8th. Um, depending on when you're listening to this, they could already be open. <laughs> um, but, uh, Hogfather is opening up next week. Um, we, we've also had at Pizzaville, which is a new, um, it, it's a new carry out and delivery only pizza shop, um, in the East end. Uh, we have also had Georgia's sweet potato pie open on Bardstown road. Mm -hmm. um green district the the salad the salad chain that's based here just opened their new middletown location or sorry they're opening it tomorrow officially friday the 5th <laughs> sorry yeah, i keep everyone. talking yep. <laughs> talking in days so green district is opening um and we've also recently had maple street biscuit um open uh in the highlands as well so lots of openings it feels yeah, like yeah it does seem like a lot of maybe they just feel like I mean, you're right that there's probably six more weeks of winter before things get warm, but, um, you know, maybe they just feel like they can get things set up and running and have it all, have all the bugs worked out. Yeah. Some people are, comes, so. some people are using it as like a soft opening just to get their staff trained, um, right. in the winter when it's still slow. Um, and just a couple more came to mind while, while you were saying that barbecues, burritos, <laughs> has opened Chamberlain uh, Lane is that right Yeah I think that's right and uh I love tacos also in the Highlands <laughs> yeah. has opened as well Former so Panera location right 
Yes, I think that's right. Former and Maple Air Street Ecstasy for the old. Yes, and <laughs> Maple Street Biscuit is the former uh, Yankee Yankee Noodle. So I think um, lots of lots of um, old Highland restaurants are being yep. replaced and opening up again. So that's nice to see. Cool. Um, I have a funny Martin's barbecue story. Um, back okay, there's two Martin's barbecues. One's on the East End. And one is, like you said, was in the former Lynn's Paradise Cafe. Well, back when I was a reporter, uh, maybe five years ago or something, uh, I had written a story about the East End location. And at the same time, I was working on a story about what was going in the former Lynn's Paradise Cafe. And then like um, the uh, Insider Louisville bygone publication had the story that uh, that Martin's was going in there like the day after I had talked to Martin's about the East End location. I'm like, was so mad they didn't tell me. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you tell me this is the second of two locations? Like, we sat there and had a nice chat for an hour or something like that. <laughs> like, I remember you being mad about that. Oh, I, I was mad. Like, I, I think was you mad. vented to me about it. I remember. <laughs> yeah, I was mad about that. Uh, I was mad for you. I was like, what? Well, we were talking and he had, you know, they don't mention that, oh yeah, we're open to the second location and it's in this very visible spot that, you, you know, obviously everyone was curious what was going to go in the former uh, Lynn's Paradise Cafe. So, uh, yeah, so hats it's fun there, insider, you got me that time. You didn't get me all the time, so. I was going to say, that's the fun about writing about the restaurant industry. Yeah. It's a lot of uh, wins and losses in, in restaurants. Yeah. Stories come so fast that it's just, um, you know, it's hard to keep up a lot of the times. Uh, one of the wins that I got recently was I got to talk with uh, Chef Darnell Ferguson about his new restaurant that's going into the West End, um, Dripping Crab. So I don't know if you guys saw that story, but yeah, finally got one. <laughs> yeah, 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 that was a good one. And that story, a lot of, uh, it's gotten a lot of interest. A lot of people were interested in what he's doing. Darnell is the owner of Super Chefs. So Yes, sorry for not that mentioning story. that. Uh, but yeah, um, man, I remember when I was a restaurant reporter, like I'd be at my desk and somebody would walk up and tell me a tip and I'd be like, thanks. I'm still working on the thing you told me about yesterday too, <laughs> because yeah, and that, that many tips coming at you. And, and even, even during a pandemic, I mean, it's the same way. I feel like the restaurant beat just like never stops. It's still yeah. going and you're working on one thing and then like 10 other things pop up and yeah. that's just like the restaurant world for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, the way restaurants come and go. So anyway, uh, that aside, I think that's our show this week. Uh, speaking of Green District, uh, I think we're having those folks on here pretty soon. Uh, they're coming on the podcast as a special guest. Uh, I won't say what week because I might end up pushing it back, but uh, very soon. So stay tuned for that. Um, but uh, um, that's it for this week's show. Um, before we go, I'll let uh, Marty and Haley uh, share where people can find them on social media, just in case you heard some more restaurant news and want to give us some tips on that. Uh, Haley, uh, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, most generally, <laughs> BF Lou Haley. That's H-A-L-E-Y. Um, I've actually had people <laughs> mistake my name a lot um, in the past week or so. <laughs> so it's H-A-L-E-Y Haley. Haley. Um, I guess someone someone called me Haley, um, uh, but I'm also on all the, all the other social media channels as well. It's okay. Someone called me Dave. Um, Martin, someone. Where, someone. Uh, where can people find you on social media? 
I'm primarily on Twitter at Marty, and then I'm also on LinkedIn under my name. So that's Marty, M-A-R-T-Y. I don't, my name will get messed up too often, but I have been called Matt, Marge, um, Mark, Martin. I've been called a lot of things over the years, so not Um, not too much lately. Yeah, I I think I I sometimes refer to you as Martin just for fun, but... uh, but uh, yeah, uh, Dave's or uh, David's have to put up with Dave a lot, and that's fine. I'm fine with Dave, but occasionally I get Dan as well, uh, which it's, uh, I guess because there is a Dan name. man in town. Yeah, I was gonna say Dan man. I wonder if he gets Dave. I'm gonna check with him. Maybe. On that. <laughs> but uh, anyway, you can find me on social media on Twitter at uh, dman3001 and Instagram dman3001. I just recently changed my uh, Twitter handle, so uh, so they match. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to the Access Louisville podcast on popular services like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Radio Public. Thank you so much, Haley and Marty, and thank you guys for listening to us at home, and we'll see you next time. Bye.